0: Hey there, everyone. Welcome to Holy Man, a journey of becoming godly men. No matter if we are sons or husbands, dads, grandfathers, or just any regular guy out there, we are going to try to figure out how God would want us to live on this journey called life. None of us have it all figured out. So let's dig into God's Word and wrestle with God's Word as we try to become who God created us to be, specifically, holy men. Guys, it is good to be with you today. It is fall, it is a beautiful day outside as, uh, as we come before you to, uh, to share this timed here today, and uh, it is so good to be with all of you as we find ourselves with episode 26 of the uh, Holy Man podcast, and uh, we find ourselves in a season where we are talking about communication and finding out how we can communicate better for the sake of our relationships, for the sake of where we work, how we play, all those different parts. Uh, So none of us have that right, and so we're continuing on this journey. Today I have uh, some Special guests with me here today. I have two guys with me today hanging out, uh, Levi Kissick and Josiah Moorkerke. Guys, it is good to have you with us today. Thanks for having us, we're excited to be here. And uh, for all you guys listening, just to let you be aware, uh, these guys are troopers because this is the second time we're recording this. Uh, we tried it the first time, and for some reason, we had some technical difficulties when we were trying to listen to it. And uh, so we're we're trying it again. So hopefully this time we'll get get it better, guys. And uh, I just want to ask you to, to to let the guys out there be aware of, in case there's someone that doesn't know who you are. Uh, I want you to just introduce yourselves a little bit and, uh, tell about your family. Each of you have a a family that is growing a little bit and talk about your job situation. I think you're both transitioning or you're have been transitioning from a previous job into the new journey that you're both on together. So just help the guys know each other a little bit.
1: Yeah, I can start. My name is Josiah Moore, Um, I grew up in Conrad, Montana, a little town in Northern Montana. Um, born and raised there went to school or college in Butte, Montana, at Montana Tech. At that time, my parents moved to Gillette, and one Sunday, I saw this amazingly beautiful girl walk by. (laughs) uh, (laughs) Asked my mom who that was. Um, She said she didn't know, and then three months later, I was actually introduced to that lovely lady, and then shoot, about three years after that, I ended up marrying her. I was gonna uh, say, I'm, gl- yeah, I'm glad glad it was actually it the girl that scene. ended up marrying, yeah, because if not, then she's be gonna a be a real, <laughs> <laughs> A real crazy story. Um, so I married her, and in that time, I moved to Gillette for work. Um, I was a petroleum engineer for a drilling company here for seven years. Um, and like I said, I married Paige, and we've been married for a little over seven years now. We just had a wonderful little girl named Julia last year. She is a little over 13 months old, just beginning to walk. So
0: oh, a, the proof joys, that house. Yep.
1: she, she is finding her freedom, which is, is pretty sweet to see.
0: <laughs> what about you, Levi? Tell us about yourself.
2: Yeah. um, I was born and raised in Gillette. Um, My parents, Bart and Kathy Ranch here, I've been going to New Life since I was in diapers, as far as I know. Nice. Um, So went off to college, met my wife there. Um, Taylor and I have been married 10 years. We got married young. And that's been a lot of fun, been a lot of highs and lows in those 10 years. Uh, And we also um just had a baby uh Lauren is actually 9 months old today so Wow Ooh, she's, 9 months yeah
0: i'm sure she's crawling at least oh yeah Not she's crawling ahead, but uh, no. still some baby proofing to happen yep
2: and so that's been a lot of fun moving into parenthood and then as far as work goes um when i initially moved back to Gillette i sold real estate as a real estate agent and about a year and A half ago? Yeah. Uh, Josiah and I, we'd flipped a couple houses, like, on the side, and then we decided to both pursue it full-time, so Josiah and I work together every day, and we flip houses here in Gillette and kind of the surrounding area, and then out in Michigan as well, so... The Detroit, Michigan area,
0: I think I uh, Lansing, Lansing. So it's all the same. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well guys, like I said, a little bit ago, we're, we're talking here on the podcast during this season about some of the communication snafus that we all can get ourselves into uh, is there anything that you guys know, whether it's because your wives has, have told you, or whether you're just self-aware enough to know this is one of the struggles that you have in communicating well with others. Um,
1: yeah, I, I do know that, um, to put it kindly, I have an opportunity to get better at communicating, um, as my wife has said, um, I know that I can, I can maybe assume that I'm communicating well or that somehow other people can read my mind. I don't know why they can't, (laughs) but, um, so that's something that I know I need to work on and, um, am slowly and by the grace of God getting better at.
0: Don't you just wish that you could just make everybody else understand what you're saying? Yeah, be, it, <laughs> life would be
2: so much easier. It really would. <laughs> what about you, Levi? Um, I, I know too with Josiah, his problem is that he's way smarter than the average person. <laughs> no. So he thinks he's talking about like something very basic and nobody has a clue what he's saying. So that's, that's the where... price of being intelligent. Yep. You just got to talk to us dumb people sometimes. And no. it's, it's hard. So, um, yeah. And then as far as my communication, I would I would say kind of the same vein as Josiah, honestly, where a lot of times I just make assumptions about how the conversation went um, or as the topic of this podcast is, I, I want to know everything. Um, and if you make mistakes in telling a story or, you know, there's been times where my wife has told stories and I just need to correct oh. very, very minuscule, like little minute details uh-huh. that don't need to be corrected. So just stuff like that. Um, she doesn't like that? No, she doesn't.
0: <laughs> no. I'm um, sure. You know, I have a Another, a scripture passage that might address that a little bit here later on that uh, we can peek at to help us all. Because, yeah, one of my biggest areas that I struggle with, and, and it goes going to tie in with what we're talking about here today, is uh, I sometimes have the tendency to, when my wife uh, is wanting me to just hear what she has to say, hoping that I will empathize mm-hmm. with what's going on, And and instead, this nature within me—I don't know if it's just being i I think it is a little bit of being a man. The guys, what do I normally want to do for her?
1: Just fix, solve it, fix the problem, (laughs) solve the problem. Yeah,
0: and she doesn't want me to do that. Well, sometimes she does, and it's hard to know when that is because she doesn't always say. And so, yeah, I get that wrong regularly. Because today, guys, we're talking about this idea of being either self-absorbed or being a person who knows it all. So we're dealing a lot with pride and selfishness and, you know, just in general, as we talk about communication, because there is so much in the, in the Bible, so much in God's word that talks about our communication to help us have better relationships, it's everywhere. And so, and then the thing is the question, are we going to listen to it or not? In the book of James chapter one, starting in verse 22, James writes this. He says, but don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. Otherwise, you're only fooling yourselves. For if you listen to the word and don't obey it, it is like glancing at your face in a mirror. You see yourself walk away and you forget what you look like. But if you look carefully into the perfect law that sets you free, and if you do what it says and don't forget what you heard, then God will bless you for doing it." it it's so simple, guys. <laughs> Just do it, right? Oh, man, if it was that simple. So again, to, today we're talking about this idea of people who are self-absorbed and people who are know-it-all. Uh, people who are self-absorbed are people who are mostly focused on themselves. And this can be, happen to, to us for many different reasons. Sometimes it happens because maybe our parents <laughs> uh, just dote on us so much, they approve us so much, they celebrate us so much that we, our heads get so swollen that we just think that we are... God's gift to everyone else and we just get um, bent out of shape that way but it also can happen because maybe our parents just do the opposite that they criticize us they're negative to us we can't get anything right and so therefore we're constantly looking for someone anyone to notice us that we become allow ourselves to become self-absorbed that way look at me look at me look at me and then there's the people who are know it alls. Uh, this is slightly different, but kind of the same. It's a, it's a heart, the heart of it is that pride and self esteem, and it can be foundational to it. But the communication is slightly different. This is a person who <laughs> seems to have an opinion or an answer for just about anything and everything. Regular phrases that these people like to use are things like, you should do this, or how about this one? Have you heard this one? What you don't understand is or if you're trying to tell them something, they might simply say, I already know that. So guys, as you hear this topic, uh, Levi, you kind of shared us a little bit, as you seem to be a know-it-all about Taylor's stories, evidently, (laughs) and sharing that information. But as you hear this this topic, where have you had a moment beyond what you already said about Taylor and the stories? Is there anything else that you can see where others that you struggle with, maybe have one of these tendencies or you yourself have those moments as well?
2: Um, Yeah, for me, I think a big part of it is kind of like you were saying with the self-absorbed where it's like a pride or a narcissistic attitude. Yep. I think, excuse me, Um, I think for me, I've always struggled with pride and just like, there are there are some things that i think i know pretty well and i have quite a bit of knowledge in them and i i feel like i could like go against anyone with that knowledge mm-hmm. but why do i need to right like if you have a different opinion it doesn't matter right. um and so for me i think it is just prideful wanting to be seen um that's something that i struggle with to the point where it's almost like going the opposite way where uh, I won't say anything because I'd rather just not engage.
0: It's hard to find that balance, isn't it? I mean, because there's sometimes that you do have this knowledge and it would benefit the person in front of you. The question is, how is the best way to let that be known without looking like a know-it-all? Right. Uh, without allowing your pride or your selfishness to to ring out there. And that's, that's a hard place to be. It's hard to figure that out. What about you, Josiah?
1: Uh, for me, I think the it's most evident for me, like you were talking about, um, with my wife and my communication style with her. Mm -hmm. And when she brings that problem that it's, it truly is, I just want you to hear, I just want to be heard. Um, and then the know-it-all inside of me will say, well, that's, that's an easy fix. Here's, (laughs) here's your three-step plan on how to fix that. Uh, that took five seconds. Okay. What's, you know, what's next instead of the building that relationship and, um, the vulnerability that she had to just to share it with me.
0: Don't we? Know? Don't we sometimes? I know I'm guilty as this. I mean, she she might have like a five minute story, yeah. and she gets thirty seconds into that five minute story, and I'm already wanting to fix it already. Yeah. And she gives me this look, and I'm like, oh, did it again. Uh, guys, I've been married for twenty over twenty years, and I still do this. I'm better than I used to be, at least sometimes. But uh, man, it just can happen so easily. And so, you know, when we have this possibility of allowing our pride, our narcissism, whatever it might be inside of us, for whatever reason that we have it, man, how it can cause damage to relationships, our wives, it's a prime place. As your daughters grow up, you know, there's certainly times with me, with my four kids, that I have those moments where my. I, I know more than them yeah, because I've yeah. lived longer than them. <laughs> mm-hmm. But it's instead of me simply saying, this is the right answer, to be able to just help them to find that answer, that's mm. better. Mm. That's so much more fun too, whenever I can just keep my mouth quiet for a <laughs> moment and draw it out of them to help them to just discover it on their own, guys, when, if you get that right or when you get that right, hopefully you do. Man, there's there's nothing better than drawing out of your kids and simply instead of being a know-it-all or just look at me, I'm I know it. I'm a prideful person, and so if if you can get that right, you know, as you look at some of the scripture stories that are out there, there are so many where we find someone who is either self-absorbed or a know-it-all, and just how those moments, those tendencies, man, it breaks relationships down. Mm-hmm. One of the ones, and uh, and we're gonna be looking at. Uh, this in this in church this Sunday, Mike's going to have this story as part of the uh, sermon. Now, that just means that when you guys are listening to this podcast, it's going to be from a couple of weeks ago. But uh, we're looking at the story of Esther. It's what it's a cool story, and I know it's a story with a with a woman's name on a guy's. But I really invite you to read the whole story. We're not going to touch the whole thing today, but it's a great story with a great hero, a villain, and some great scary moments for a lot of people because their lives are on the line. And then during this story, the villain of the story, his name is Haman. And Haman is full of himself. Uh, to say that you know, if you want a classic case of a narcissistic tendencies, this is the guy. Uh, he just allows his pride to shine out. And for instance, in the middle of the story, we find him, he's invited to uh, to a banquet with Esther because she's trying to save the Jewish people's lives. And so she invites Haman and the king to a banquet. And in the middle of the first banquet, then she says this to them. She says, if I have found favor with the king, and if it pleases the king to grant my request and do what I ask, please come with Haman tomorrow to another banquet that I'm going to prepare for you. Then I will explain what this is all about. So here's Haman and the king. They're both invited to two banquets, two days in a row. Haman is riding high. He is so (laughs) excited because it's just him and the king. So he knows he's he's an important man. But his pride gets in the way of another relationship. And we see that uh, in verse 9 here, it says, Haman was a happy man as he left the banquet. But when he saw Mordecai who Mordecai is actually the hero of the story when you read it. When he saw Mordecai sitting at the palace gate, not standing up or trembling nervously before him, Haman became furious. However, he restrained himself and went home." So here's Haman. He thinks he's so amazing. Is it Levi, is this how you are when you walk up to Josiah, that you feel that he should stand up and respect oh. you? Yeah, do you not know who I am? <laughs> <laughs> just
1: give him a flex, give me a flex. That's how crazy. I mean,
0: that's what he's expecting, though, because of his position and how amazing he think he is. That's what he expects Mordecai to do, but Mordecai doesn't do that, and it just ticks him off. So later on it says, "'Then Haman gathered together his friends, and Zeresh his wife and he boasted to them about his great wealth and his many children he bragged about the honors that the king had given him and how he had promoted how he had been promoted over all the other nobles and officials and then Haman added and it's not all queen Esther invited only me just me and the king himself to the banquet that she prepared for us and she's invited me to dine with her and the king again tomorrow and then he added but this is all worth nothing as long as I see Mordecai the Jew just sitting there at the palace gate, not respecting me because I am amazing Haman. It's just crazy that Haman was so full of himself that he allowed it to break down a relationship with a really good guy that ended up being lifted up as a great guy by the king. Guys, you see how pride and narcissism and Self absorption just can really break down relationships. Would oh, yeah. I mean, even in that, in a time that should have been
1: exciting for him, it's like, hey, I am, I wasn't just invited and singled out. Yep. This, is, this could be a great time. I'm, it's spoiled because some guy didn't stand up for him. Like, just how fragile that situation is for him and his identity.
0: His ego it's, was yeah. very fragile.
1: A guy not standing up ruined what should have been one of the, most exciting, you know, moments of his life. Like you're getting honored by the Queen. Yep.
2: And I think another part of that story, if if we read just a little further, that's very important, is making sure that you're surrounded by the right people. Mm. Who, if they see an attitude or behavior in you that you need to fix, they love you enough to call it out. Because, <clears throat> excuse me, in the next verse, um, his wife and friends actually encourage him to set up a pole, a stake <laughs> and try to kill him. And so it's like, if, if you have somebody that's encouraging you to kill somebody, you might want to rethink <laughs> yeah. your circle.
0: That's right. I mean, they were encouraging you're self-absorbed. Well, great. Let's use that. let's, let's kill somebody. <laughs> and what's amazing If you look at the other part of the story, Esther, she's the queen. And later on in the story, what does she do? But she asks all the people, could you just pull alongside of me and pray with me and fast Mm -hmm. with me? And and her and Mordecai work together as a team and they cry out to God because they realize that they're nothing without God. It's just a powerful story and God and the people of God end up winning in this story because of their humility before God, where on the flip side, Haman's... Self-absorption, his know-it-allness, man—it just—it got him killed. He was—he ended up on that stake, Levi, that you just <laughs> mentioned there. So, guys, there, you know this is so true that we can see this in our own lives too. That when we allow ourselves to be the center of attraction, when our ego gets fragile, uh, man, it can generally just break down relationships in so many ways. Do you guys have any others good scriptures out there that you can mention to the guys that to maybe help them a little bit? Um, with uh, with what they're going on, what they have going on, and maybe whether it's them that struggles with the uh, their, this, these tendencies, of the self-absorption or uh, being know-it-alls, or whether it's just how do you deal with someone else maybe that's struggling with this, how do we approach them? So Jos- Josiah, do you have something? Yeah, I do. Um, and this speaks to
1: more maybe of the root of it, of where your identity comes from and then how humility and pride you know, our, our, that's a great place to start opposites. Yeah. Um, what do you got? this is again in James also. So, uh, James four, starting in, um, verse five, or do you not, or do you suppose it is to no purpose that the scriptures say he yearns jealously over the spirit that he has made to dwell in us, but he gives more grace. Therefore it says God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Um, so right there, I mean, just the beginning part, it, it tells you exactly like God is jealous over you. So then who who are we to need to seek our
0: identity from things other than that, right? Yeah. To find our identity in Christ yeah. is a, such a better place than than chasing after those other things. Yep. Absolutely.
1: And then, and then he goes, and then in the bottom part, um, God opposes the proud. And I don't know about you, but that's probably the last place I want to be is in opposition of God. I, I can't think of anything worse. Um, and so then it goes on to say, well, he, um, gives grace to the humble. So you don't want to be opposed by God, be humble, be humble. Exactly. Humility. It's
0: it's just, it, it's so easy from James's point of view. It doesn't make it as easy to apply, but yet to have that foundation, the more we can grow in our relationship with Christ what that is sharing, and we have a jealous God who longs for us. And if we could just allow that to be truth in our lives, mm-hmm. man, it can be changed so much of how we walk in front of others. Levi, do you have anything to share? Uh... Yeah, um,
2: I have, I mean, Proverbs is a great place for just tons of nuggets of wisdom. Yeah. Um, but Proverbs 11.2 says, when pride comes, then comes disgrace, but with humility comes wisdom. Um, and so, I mean, that's pretty self-explanatory. But then also in James, uh, James 3.13, to kind of piggyback off that, it says, who is wise and understanding among you? Let them show it by their good life, by deeds done in the humility that comes from wisdom. Um And I think it's important where it says that that humility comes from wisdom. So part of growing in your faith and just your overall life experience is learning when to be quiet and be humble.
0: Absolutely. Uh, (laughs) To recognize these two passages together, what, what Josiah shared and what you just shared here, this understanding of us before God. The understanding that God is God, we are not, Mm -hmm. let your words be few. That's it says that in Ecclesiastes chapter five, to be able to come before God and just say, I don't know, you do God, I want to learn from you. And if you're prideful, you miss out on those opportunities. You're not willing to dig in and to learn about God and God's ways of how to live. And also it affects, you think of the practicality of that. If you, uh, approach other people with humility, whether you believe it or not, they might know something that you don't know. (laughs) I mean, because both of you, I know Levi, you joked about Josiah, but I know both of you are intelligent men. And so for you to be able to approach someone else, even if you are smarter than them, they still might know something that you don't know. And if you approach them with pride, you might not ever get to know the great things that God has put on their lives. That's the practicality of these passages. The humble grow in wisdom because they're willing to learn from others and from God. Dang. Good stuff. You know, a passage that this is one that Karen and I, we had, uh, it was the sermon at our wedding that, uh. Pastor Ron just loves this passage and he loves sharing from it. It's out of Philippians chapter 2, verses 1 to 11. And the end of the last several of those passages basically, Paul says, You got to look at Jesus. If you want to grow in grace and humility, look at Jesus, because this is how Jesus acted. Even though he's God, starting in verse 6, though he was God, he didn't think, he would think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born a human being. Then he appeared in human form. And from there, then, he goes all the way to the cross and death upon that cross. So here, this is God, and how does God approach us? But he approaches us in humility. Jesus was God, guys, mm-hmm. and he gave up the privileges of heaven so that he could love us. Paul says that's the example for us if we want to live. And, and then earlier on that passage, uh, Paul says, uh, if, if there's any encouragement from belonging to Christ, don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Instead, be humble, thinking of others better than yourselves. Don't look out only for your own interests, but take interests in others, too. hmm, Dang, I wish it was this easy, guys. But as we hear all of this, there are all these passages, they're saying the same thing. Humility is better than pride and selfishness and self-absorption. Christ is the example. So with this, what are some practical things that we can take out of these passages to apply into our, our marriages, our relationships at work, friends at the church, whoever it might be, uh, you guys are fighting. You're, you're both showing me right now that guys, you're going to hear it out there. They're being humble. They're pointing at each other saying, I'm going to let you go first. So they they're practicing their humility as we speak. So one, okay. Levi, why don't you try going first? here? Okay? I'm, I'm going to pick one of you. Just to let you go.
2: I was pointing at Josiah cause I don't have an answer
0: yet. Oh, okay. Well, uh, Josiah, why don't you go first? Cause I, I think you have something. Um, I think.
1: Exactly what you're saying. this is, it's simple, but simple doesn't mean easy by any means. Um, And a really practical um, example we can take from inside of James again, I think, is the be quick to listen and slow to speak and then slow to anger. But that first, like, be quick to listen. Like, what does that mean? Hey, maybe just like you were saying earlier, just open your ears and you don't have to talk for a while. Let somebody else talk.
0: Yeah, and you think about, you know, in those moments with Paige that you talked about uh, your wife, that if she comes to you with a five-minute story, like yeah. I said, and sometimes you want to cut her off because you know better, well, you don't know better. So mm-hmm. be quick to listen instead. And uh, and if we could get our heads right, and our wives need to, they, they need to do that too, because sometimes, you know, my wife is an extreme extrovert. And so when we're, especially if we're with a group of people, if I want to tell her something, a lot of times she will just blurt something out because she's so extroverted. Mm -hmm. And my wife knows that. So it's that ability to learn how to be quick to listen out of our humility to build those relationships up. Yeah, that's a good one. Levi, do you think of anything? Yeah, I I got something.
2: (laughs) Um, Because this has been like I said earlier, like a, kind of an ongoing thing that I struggle with, especially pride. Um, something that has really helped me, we actually talked about it in the leading others group or book study that we were doing. But when it talks about humility, uh, because I think a lot of times if this is something you struggle with, it's like, well, if I am not being prideful, then I just have to put everyone else so high above me on like a pedestal where like, I don't matter at all. My opinions don't matter. uh, My thoughts don't matter. And it's almost becomes like self-deprecating. So rather than doing that um, and just like your humility, comes from like how you view others around you. I think a better way to reframe how you look at humility is knowing where your identity is because of who you are in Christ. So you are a child of God. Um, dearly loved by your Creator, and it's there's nothing we can do to earn that. It, there's nothing that we can do to earn His love. So when I view it as like, hey, I'm I'm God's child, um, that's enough to keep you humble because you know that you've received grace that you didn't deserve, and uh, it's just a really good way to kind of shift your viewpoint from like, your humility doesn't come from your viewpoint. Of other people, it comes from your identity in Christ.
0: Mm-hmm. And I think the big word that you mentioned there is this idea of love, and that you know takes me you know Levi a little while ago, when you were talking about your struggle with your moments with Taylor, mm-hmm. when uh, sometimes you try to correct her. There's a passage out of 1 Corinthians chapter eight. Now in this passage, Paul's talking about how people are dealing with food sacrificed to idols. But the principles that Paul is sharing in this can be applied to just about anything. And in uh, verses one through three, I'm just going to pick out a piece of this, so again, so it can be applied to anything. Paul says, we all have knowledge, correct guys? We all do. Yeah. No matter what. And so, you know, Taylor's story, she knows her (laughs) stories. Sometimes she just likes telling it a little bit differently. And so here's the question for us. When we have those moments of how do we handle ourselves? Paul says this, but while knowledge makes us feel important, it is love that strengthens, strengthens the church and the relationships within the church. Anyone who claims to know all the answers doesn't really know very much, but the person who loves God is the one who God recognizes. So is, that's what you were just saying there, Levi. It's just your place before God. It's realizing who you are as God's children, that you are loved unconditionally. And out of that understanding of how we are loved, how now do we approach others? Hmm. We might have lots of knowledge. We might be a really amazing person. And truthfully, we all are, If we're, got, you know, as God's children, God died for all of us. So we're amazing. The question is, how are we going to approach other people with that knowledge and with that understanding? And if we can learn how to love them, that changes everything. Mm -hmm. One of the practical things that I've learned uh, in this, when I'm trying to get this right, is that I want to be invested in others. In other words, I want to ask lots of good questions. Mm. Uh, And that was another one of those chapters in that Leading Others book, is learning how to ask great questions, not just because you want to be a great leader of a discussion, but because more importantly, because you love the people in front of you, you want to be invested and you want to be able to allow them to bring some of that knowledge that they have out on the table. Even if it's something that you already know, they might know it from a different perspective because we've all had different lives and they might be able to share it in a way that you're just going to have a light bulb go on and you're like, ah, that makes so much more sense to me. Even though I might have known the details, now I even know more for my life moving forward. So I love asking great questions. Uh, I'm always trying to get better at that because I know how important it is for my life and how it's important for the people in front of me as I'm trying to love them. Yeah. Well, guys, hopefully our marriages will all get at least a little bit better as we have spent some time thinking about this and thinking about how we can do that more. Uh, Do you think your wives are gonna listen to this uh, after we get it posted out there?
1: There's definite possibility.
0: All right. Maybe, maybe I, you don't I, know if Tanner I can speak t- for, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Well, I really appreciate you guys sharing this with me. Uh, you know, you guys have uh, a gr- great lives going on with your families, do the new business that you're very successful in, but it's also so cool for me that I see the humility in your lives that eh, you're not perfect. Just like I'm not perfect in this, but even though that you guys have great lives, you're humble because, and I know why. It's because of who you are in Christ, as you guys already mentioned, and it begins there. That's where the foundation is. Levi, Josiah, thanks for being with me. Thanks for being willing to do this again. I hope that as our technician gets this, that it's recorded well. <laughs>
1: yes,
0: because we don't want to have to do it a third. I know people say third time's a charm, but we don't want to have to find that out in this instance. Guys, thanks for joining me. Appreciate it.
2: Yeah, thank yeah, you. Thank you.
0: Thank you. And uh, I just pray that uh, all of you guys out there listening can. Uh, can grow in this and, uh, and learn in this as well. And as we've been trying to close out all of these podcasts during this season with out of, uh, Psalm 19, uh, our prayer is may the words of our mouths and the meditations of our hearts be pleasing to you. O Lord, our rock and our redeemer guys have a great week and, uh, have, hopefully you'll have some great discussions in your life groups. We'll talk to you then.